1: The Dolphins are coming to Orchard Park, so how will the Bills deal with Tua and Tyreek? And will the weather be a factor? Plus, Cole Beasley and the Bills' offense. What impact could he have? And is there a chance Micah Hyde returns this season? All that's coming up on this week's edition of the Buffalo Plus Podcast.
2: Welcome back to the Buffalo Plus podcast presented by Connors and Ferris, Mike Catalana, Dan Fates. I'm Jenna Cottrell. Guys, you didn't tell me. I didn't get the memo about wearing the Buffalo Plus
0: hats. When I don't wear the hat, people comment in, where's the hat? So now <laughs> I feel obligated. I'm to right. be like Dan and wear the hat. Yeah. We'll get it
2: together. All right. Um, please be sure before we get started to like, comment, as well as subscribe. We're talking all everything Bills as we get into this. Mike, we know the Dolphins coming into town. It's Bills against Miami, the team that beat Buffalo earlier on in the season. Tua and Tyreek. Now, obviously, they're they're on a losing streak right now. Um, but what do you see from this matchup? Because we know how talented Tyreek is and how well before this little stretch, Tua had been playing.
1: Yeah, Tua's been playing great, right? Tyreek, even when he didn't do a lot, had a touchdown and picked up a fumble and ran in the end zone because he's a freak of nature with the way he can run. So he's a scary player when he's on the field. But it is interesting how quickly things in this league change. And Dan Orlovsky does a great job on ESPN, and he's breaking down what's happening to them and the way defenses are playing are different. And he's suggesting suggesting maybe the Dolphins need to run the ball more, go at Taron Johnson, play differently and all. And if you're an elite offense while you make adjustments, you dictate to the other team. And I'm not saying the Dolphins are going to do that. I'm saying is it's kind of interesting to say maybe you need to become more of a running team and take advantage of that. Uh, The Chiefs aren't saying that with – Patrick Mahomes, the Bills aren't saying that with Josh Allen. You may talk in moments about doing something differently, but it's at your guy. So we don't know what the Dolphins are going to try to do on Saturday night, but if you got the guy and you got Tyreek Hill and you got Jalen Waddell You better be able to run your offense that way and score points. And, Dan, I think there's doubt now in Miami after what they've put on the field the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I
0: think it was understanding in San Francisco just because the Niners have a good defense. That was it. But the Chargers game was kind of the baffling one because Chargers don't really have that great of a defense. And they, I mean, Tua was horrendous, 3 of 14 to start the game. So I think there are some questions. Um, I think the pendulum will swing back, but Mike, we were talking about it on the drive up to Buffalo on Wednesday that, you know, we talk about Brock Purdy and like you, there are times when you can sit there and say like, well, I know that things are going to go back to the means. Like like we're going to kind of even Impression out into the mean. Yeah. And if you're a good quarterback, like usually that, that ends up working out or if you're a bad quarterback, you may have a good moment, but it, you're going to come back to, you're going to turn back into a pumpkin at some point. I have faith. I, I, and I've been saying this all year that Mike McDaniel can make the adjustments and, and change. It's just a matter of, we haven't seen it, Mike. And, and that was kind of what your point was, was like, there are times when it's like, Oh my gosh, this guy could be, you know, he's doing something that's never been done before. And it's like, yeah, it's probably going to end up evening out because there's a reason it's never been done before by Mr. Irrelevant or, yeah. or in this case, Tua uh, and this offense trying to figure out, can they make the adjustments that defenses have made on them?
2: I think you're also seeing like at this point in the season when there is a blueprint and, and you know, Dan Orlovsky talked about it on ESPN, how if it is repli- like able to be replicated, how other teams pick up on that. And also just the fact of the season. We've even seen this with the Bills, I feel like, where they get into a little bit of a, a tough stretch where teams kind of know what to do. And it's how you adapt. And I think that was obviously November for the Bills team late November. But this is the adversity that we've all talked about the Bills having, how every team goes through adversity. And I'm curious because I feel like when you look at Mike McDaniel and obviously his team really is invested in him, it seems like they have a good rapport. You know, you've seen the sideline shots of him being like, that's my bad. I messed up all this stuff. But it's like. Okay, but what do you do now to instill confidence in your team? Is it I wearing a I wish it was colder t-shirt? I don't know. That's kind of a riff off of what I guess he said during training camp. He was wearing a I wish it was hotter t-shirt during then. But at the same point, this is really the big test of the season. And when you have this game coming up and what it means for the division, what it means for the playoffs for this team, I believe... The Dolphins can adapt because of the talent they have on the field, but it comes to their coach to be like, what are you going to do now? Because you need to make changes.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's one thing Jenna about being the leader of the team. And I think McDaniel has gotten that out of his team. And then there's another Mm -hmm. thing about being the X's and O's guy and coming up with something. And we've seen it even with the bills Yeah, where I mean, there's been some doubt about Ken Dorsey and making adjustments both pregame and in a game and making the most out of your offense. You have Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. Like, that is your advantage. Yeah. And I'm not, you know, we're going to talk about the weather here in a minute, but I'm just going to say that um, in terms of adjusting when teams change, like, give the Chargers credit. You know, Brandon Staley does a lot of odd things there, and he hasn't maybe gotten the most out of his quarterback, the talented guy, but he coached a heck of a game, and he changed things up, and they played much more pressure on the wide receivers. And they changed some of those angles and those windows that Tua has been throwing the ball to. But if you're – okay, so if you're Miami and you're McDaniel, how are we doing this? Because we have guys who win their matchups, right? Tyreek Hill wins his matchups. Jalen Waddle's a heck of a player. Like, you have to figure that out. And you got to help your quarterback. And I like Tua a lot. But come on, sometimes it's – it is partially scheme and then him making plays and Dan's right. He was bad against the chargers, but things changed and I never really saw a major adjustment for them. Offensively, they
0: struggled the whole game. Yeah. The one thing, like is, I, I think it is funny, Jenna, you bring up the point of Mike McDaniel wearing the, I wish it was colder in here because not only that, but we talked about it, that the bills brought in heated be- or the, the dolphins brought in heated benches to LA when it was 55 degrees or whatever. And, and, and they were practicing inside this week with the air conditioning cranking and it was like somebody reported that like one of the reporters was like it was like 60 degrees but that was better <laughs> than the 85 degrees in you know in in Miami. So but I will say this about Mike McDaniel. He is genuine. That is who he is. He is this weird guy. I mean, yeah. go back and look at anything. The thing that doesn't work out for coaches is when they're trying to be somebody they're not. It is look at everybody that has been under Bill Belichick that tries to be Bill Belichick, and it doesn't work. I believe that Mike McDaniel has this. I think they're ahead of schedule as to what they thought they would be um, in this rebuild along with the Jets. So I I actually think that the Bills are kind of getting a – not a sleeping monster, but I, I think Mike McDaniel has another gear to get to. And and, and get this offense back to.
2: I I agree with you. I think he needs to. And I also think there's a very fine line. You talk about a guy being authentic and kind of fun with the media and all this stuff. Because my brain goes to Rex Ryan. Now, Mike McDaniel seems a lot more disciplined, a lot more X's and O's type of guy. But we know Rex is, that's who Rex is. Now, again, I think McDaniel has a lot more um, discipline in terms of everything, but there's a certain point where, like, that act I think can fade if you're not getting the results. Now, I think this is the initial stretch of, you know, issues for this team in terms of the Dolphins. I don't expect this to linger around because I do expect there to be adaptations by McDaniel, but. The NFL is interesting in that way. Like, you can have a shtick and all this stuff, but if things start to go sideways, what is it? It's win or panic. And sometimes that doesn't play exactly the same.
1: Yeah, let me tell you something. Um, Miami's going to really be in a panic if they lose this game. And the playoffs are on the line now. We're not talking about winning the The division. The (laughs)
2: playoffs! Yeah.
1: (laughs) I mean, can you imagine that with the way Miami was going? And it changes fast in this league. And it's a long season now. You know, the... The days of just a team got off to an 0-3 start and only a certain percentage, that's all changing now. I mean, the way we start a season, the way teams are prepared, some teams get off to a great start. The Cardinals last year were like 8-0 or 7-0, and and then they faded. I mean, this is what happens. So if you're McDaniel, you talk about panic, you lose Saturday night. I don't even care if you play well and lose the game. That's three in a row all of a sudden you're in danger of missing the playoffs because those other teams, whether it's the Patriots, yeah, uh, the Chargers, who beat them head to head, like it becomes a thing. So it's a big, big moment for them. It's big for the Bills too, obviously, to stay number one, to get the offense going, all those things. But I'm going to say, Dan, walking into Orchard Park when there's going to be snow after losing two in a row, is not an ideal situation for this Dolphins team.
0: No, absolutely not. And do we want to talk about the weather now? Or yeah. Do we, yeah, yeah, go I, ahead. I, I I, thought Jordan Boyer, we talked about it on the, the postgame practice, was the perfect recap. And it's something that I think people talk about, and they're like, no, they're professional athletes. That's not how they do. They, they get up for every single game, and they don't. They're human yeah. beings. And guess yeah. what? If you think that – players and teams prep the same way for every single week. The Dallas Cowboys did not prepare for the Houston Texans. They watched film on them and went, these guys suck. And then all of a sudden they were in a dog fight with the one win Houston Texans. So Poyer talked about the fact that he landed in Buffalo and he was playing with Cleveland. And he's like, the wind chill hits your face. He's like, I played in cold weather. And he's like, but this was different. And he's like, I didn't want to be there. And it's like, that's a real thing. Like you talk about Jenna, like we're, we're freezing on the sidelines. It's like, do I really want to be here sometimes? Like this, this, this really sucks while Mike is warm and cozy in the yeah. press box. I go, this can affect a two loss team, a, a team that's lost two in a row that is starting to squander. And then you got the wind blown in your face and it's snowing and you're like, well, screw
2: this. Yeah, no, it's so true. It's like, you're adding another element into the mix. Like, they're already dealing with trying to figure stuff out, and you're like, and also, and let's be real. Like, you can only play where you're supposed to play. Like, the Dolphins, like, yeah, it's 80, it's like in the 80s there right now. It's just so different. And I remember last year, even earlier on, when I, I Dan, we were picking games last season to see, figure out who wanted to go where. And I was like, I don't want to go to Miami week two and you were like oh it, it's not it's going to be hot but it's like not going to be that bad and this was last year and you're like yeah that is real like how hot it was it's like the oppressive humidity all that stuff well in terms of where we're at in the season now like december in buffalo i was talking to a former player a couple of weeks ago and this was before you know the dolphins started losing games and i'm like you know what do you think of that matchup and he goes the dolphins in december in orchard park I'm not worried. And I yeah. was kind of, and this is a guy that's removed from the team and all this stuff. But I was like, that's interesting because you know, the weather is such a a dyna- dynamic element of this game. And, but I love what Jordan Poirier said also where it's like, yeah, even when you're on the bills, it's like, you know, it's, it's the, the weather is tough. You adapt to it because you've been there, but yeah. it's, it's a challenge for everyone. You're just more used to that challenge.
1: We've talked about, it. they all hate it. They, they all hate it. it. Yep. I mean, Dan, How you room? can answer this.
2: Except for Dawson Knox. Dawson
1: Knox, yes, because gets I asked top. Josh that, you know, at practice and he's like, "Yeah, cuz he gets to go out there in his what did he say? His tank top. Tank, tank top. top and show off his arms." Yeah. So, um, but they all hate it. They all hate being out there. Here's the difference. You're at home, there's more energy. I picture just that game and you guys know where it's It's ten to nothing, Bills. The crowd's going crazy. You're standing on the sidelines, fighting to get in front of the heater, and you're like, "I could just stay here." Like it's it is human nature. Yeah. And it's funny you talk about, you know, we you guys know. I mean, you're down there for one of you's down there for the whole game a lot of times. And Dan, I remember when we were out there pregame for the the playoff game when it was zero. The sun was out a little bit early before we got out there, and it was still. And we walked out. We were out there for probably, what, like 45 minutes or so. We were doing a couple of live shots, half an hour, 40 minutes. And I remember we're both standing there going, hey, it's it's not that bad. It's not that bad because it wasn't. And then all of a sudden, it's that zero just hits you. And it's a bit overwhelming because, like you guys say, you can talk about it. You can wear T-shirts that say something, but until you feel it in the game, It's about being prepared for that. And, Dan, that's different to me than the Dallas Cowboys maybe not watching as much film. I'm saying is, you know, Mike McDaniel is basically trying to say to them, just take it out of your mind. Like, don't let it bother you. But the only way you can do that is to be prepared for it and then not let it bother you. Because if you're not, and whether that's what you wear, how you prepare, way you warm up, like, I don't know what it is. Yeah. But... If you're just out there thinking, hey, it's okay, it's okay, and then it's going to hit you, and it's going to hit you hard. And they're not, they don't, they don't often play in this. They do. Right. I mean, obviously, they play in the AFC East. So, yeah, it so, depends, Jenna, on the circumstances too. So for me, down in the game, it could feel really rough for them.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. To me, everybody says this is such a Bills have the advantage, and I've always kind of chuckled at that fact, is because the Bills offense performs way better in a dome. Like they just would like than they than yeah. they would in the elements. They're not this ground and pound team. They're not like the Tennessee Titans or something like that. Like they have a high powered offense that can be hampered by elements. Like that's whatever it is. But I do think it's a greater disadvantage to the dolphins. Like yeah. the, everybody just goes, Oh, well, the bills are, you know, they're used to it. It's like, I don't like it any more than the Dolphins, but the Dolphins are less, like Mike said, less prepared. I asked Josh, we, we had talked about, we had talked, I had asked him about, because you've been in it now a few years, have you learned how to deal with it? And he's like, it's cold. He's like, it's it's just cold. He's like, you learn how to do a couple more layers. He's like, you try and maybe you figure out whether you put icy hot on your toes to keep them warm. They yeah. they, they were outside yesterday. Mike, what 29 degrees outside? Yeah, and Josh pretty, had his, his pretty calm froze. winds. Sun yeah. was out. Yeah. He goes, My toes froze. He goes, I had to come in and take off my shoes, be, my cleats, because my toes were frozen. I'm trying to warm them back up. Like that doesn't give the Bills an advantage. It's just Josh has had to deal with that more than the Dolphins. So Jenna. it's a, more of a disadvantage for the Dolphins.
1: Jenna, I think he really hates it. <laughs> I really do. I think it impacts Josh a little bit. More the whole thing with his feet is kind of crazy to me. Those suckers, yes. He's, I mean, he mentions it, but hey, Tom Brady would say it for years. Tom Brady didn't like it, and he's like, I had to get it out of my head and use it almost to an advantage. And he did, he played well in poor weather, but he didn't like it. That's the difference. I'm saying is they've been there, they've done it, they hate it, but you just, I mean, you guys are an example. You've, yeah, you just know what to expect. And wasn't it, Dan? Almost harder for you to adapt to what was going on in Miami just because you haven't had a lot of games when it was that bad. You've had a few of them where you're like, oh my God, how do they play a game in this? Where you've been, you guys have both been on the field and running around in a lot of cold games. But that difference is, I think, what makes a difference.
2: That's the thing. Sometimes it is nice to, when you do have to run around in the cold, like you're like, okay, at least. I, I'm not going to lie. I'm curious to try. Have you guys tried the icy hot on your toes? I was
1: thinking about that when, when he said it,
0: I don't know yeah, if Alan that's said that
2: because I got frostbite on my toes when I was younger. And now it's like the first thing that goes. So I was like, Oh, maybe I'll try that. My
0: hands and toes go are the first thing, like the game on, on Saturday, Sunday, Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. It was warm. New Buffalo plus coats were phenomenal. Kept me dry but I kept losing the circulation. I kept going over to the heaters on the sidelines to warm my hands up because that's it's hands and toes that go for me, and that's what Josh said too. He's got poor circulation, so it, 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 is, it is something. Hey. And Brady said he used to love playing in the cold weather and the snow because it slowed the game down. The guys that are really fast, it slows them down, and he goes, I'm already so slow, <laughs> it levels the playing field. And he could think; he thought faster. We know Brady looks at the game differently. Yeah. So that—that that to me is another. I guess that is a real ad, no. It's another disadvantage to the Dolphins: the fact yeah. that you know they're going to be. Josh saying you got to sit on the heated benches. You got to try and you know stay warm the best you can. So yeah. By the way, real quick, um,
1: the playoff game against the Patriots. There was no real. There was no snow in that one, right?
0: No, just it cold. just was
1: crazy cold, was cold and yeah. they had the ball seven times and scored seven touchdowns. That is correct. So. It can work, but that was not, it wasn't windy and it wasn't, um, snowing, but it was wind game was the craziest, the craziest. Yeah.
2: Well, yeah, the wind is, it's just, it's supposed to be very snowy on Saturday. Yep. So we shall see. I also think if you're the dolphins and you, you talked about it, Mike, a little bit, just to add on though, like if you're trailing by 10 and things aren't really working out, then you're like, it's cold, man. It's just discouraging. You're like we've yeah. lost two in a row this I, and again I think that's just human nature to be like mm-hmm. this sucks and I want to leave.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and people in the behind you in the stands yeah. are screaming at you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Man. taking their shirts off, laughing, saying it's not cold.
2: <laughs> <laughs> will we see Ryan Fitzpatrick?
1: Oh, could be. Stand. No, he's working. Well, he's that not on not on Saturday, so
2: yeah no. Um, all right, let's move on though. In terms of the Bills adding Cole Beasley as Beasley back in the building, he returned to teammates yesterday, and I want to get your guys' opinion. Dan, I'll start with you because we got to hear from Beasley on Wednesday, and you tweeted about just how, you know, his perspective and just how you said he was humble. Like, what was what were your thoughts on what he had to say?
0: Um, last year, again, this isn't political. I'm not not taking this the political route or anything like that. But Beasley was combative. Whenever he addressed the media, he had this arrogance. I'm right, you're wrong. I'm the I'm the 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 guy that's doing all the right things. Everybody, why are you questioning me? Was was the sentiment? And I thought there was a chance that Beasley could sit down at that podium and go, "I'm back. I'm your worst nightmare. I'm back to do it again." You guys wanted me gone, and now you got to deal with me again. And instead, it was a humble, contrite, um, Good word. thoughtful. Like, I, I thought he – he, and again, for him to say, I had to have a conversation with Beam. I didn't like the way things ended in Buffalo. I had to own up to that. I had to have a man-to-man conversation. And he was asked, well, what, what didn't you like about how things ended? And he's like, well, I'm not, I don't really want to get into that, which I thought was another great way. Let's just play football. Like, he, he didn't want to get into it. He told some things about how – he wanted to right some of the wrongs. He admitted that he didn't handle everything well, especially on the internet world. That really took a toll on him. He said it was a hard two years for everybody. But I thought, I that it's funny, to, I was telling my wife about it, and I go, "He he sounded so mature. <laughs> Coming from a guy that was 32 years old last year, it just seemed like, as Mike and I were saying, he needed some time away from the Bills, and the Bills needed some time away from him, and that kind of cleared everything up to... Hey, I want to go back and play football with these guys. I love these guys. We've got something special here and let's fix it.
1: Immensely popular with his teammates, he was always a great teammate. And I think that whole thing um separated himself not necessarily from them, you know, personally they supported him, but it caused a rift, it did with McDermott. There's no there's no doubt because it was more about Back to 21, it was like, hey, you're talking about yourself in this and not the team. But I'm with Dan. I, I, I like the way he sounded, and I think it needed to happen. Now, yeah. I also think at the end of 21, um, he was a little beaten up, and I think they believed they could replace him, and it was a relatively easy call for them because when you go into that offseason, you're thinking, well, we got McKenzie. We can sign a player. We can, you have all these options. I didn't have a lot of options now it's December and he called them to say I'm interested and they're looking going, okay, like, honestly, you know, he knows the offense. He knows the players. He knows Josh. So I'm really interested to see how they incorporate him and how quickly, and as we're recording this, we don't know about Saturday, but Jenna, it will not surprise me. I don't care what anybody else says. It will not surprise me if he's active in the game on Saturday. I mean, time is short now. It's December. Yeah. You're playing the Dolphins. So I wouldn't be surprised if he's playing. If he's not, they'll get him ready for the next week.
2: They they've missed that piece that he has added, that security, that safety blanket, all of those things. And, you know, I, I was curious how Isaiah Mah- McKenzie would handle everything, but from the outside on social media, it seems (laughs) like everyone is really excited to have Beasley back and including him. But Dan, I mean, I think Beasley just offers you that security like we talked about and with how the passing game's been going and just it's Stefan Diggs and then everybody else. And so for him to be able to, you know, be a guy that Josh can rely on, just, I mean, where do you set your expectations for him now? Because we are in December, because he's been uh, off, but okay. he's Here older.
0: No, ahead. no, no. This is cause Mike and I had this conversation like the entire drive up yesterday. Oh, really? talks
1: all nothing. the time in the car, Jenna.
0: Jenna, I think something. I got I think I got 12 words in. That's pretty point, good. I was, I was just nodding. It's just like, yeah. Yep. Uh-huh. Yeah, and good. look, I don't think Cole Beasley right now fixes the Bills problems on offense. Can he be part of the solution? Absolutely. I think but, he alleviates some. Yeah, we'll see. And I understand too, it's also about the right fit, but but it's also very telling, you know, the moves that didn't happen. Cole didn't sign with another team. Now, did he get offers that were teams showing interested? Yes, I'd imagine. But I think it is telling that nobody signed him for 10 weeks when. You know, he left the bills and everybody's like, oh, well, he'll sign somewhere. He was a good slot receiver. So I think that that needs to be put into context a little bit. He's a 33-year-old slot receiver. To Mike's point, what we said, he is unlike any slot receiver in football. He is unlike any of them. He's not just a, oh, you got a small, quick, shifty guy, put him in the slot. No, Cole is different. Josh said he sees the field like a quarterback. He played high school quarterback, was coached by his father, all those things. He sees the game differently. If that can produce some easy throws, those freebies I've been begging for Josh to get again, that will be a way of jump-starting this offense. They're averaging four yards a play on first down the last four weeks. That's horrendous. They have been, as Dan Orlovsky has said, in third and hope mode. I love that. That is what they're like, because they're not drawing up anything. And I know it's Jimmy's and Joe's, but there's got to be X's and O's. So Beasley can hopefully bring that. What is this Matumbo wing? Here's
1: what I'm going to give you. Here's what he does, Jenna.
0: I was looking, I I put the
1: glasses on, not just because I'm older, but because I got numbers. So a year ago, I'm looking at their stat percentages now for snaps. Okay. This year, Diggs is 77. A year ago, he was 81. McKenzie, a year ago, was 22% of the snaps. He's 51% this year. Uh, Gabe Davis a year ago 48% of the snaps this year he's 85% of the snaps wow. because there's no Emmanuel Sanders yeah who had 62% of the snaps on offense last year they really were using four honestly when i look at what they have now it's you know Knox is 75 is similar to what he was a year ago Quentin Morris has taken what Tommy Sweeney did in terms of number of snaps It's really been the three guys, and they haven't had that other guy. I think his percentage of snaps comes in, and they trust him. And less is more with Gabe and McKenzie. And I think because it'll be somebody Josh trusts, and he doesn't trust those guys totally. And that's a lot of snaps for them. And it's a lot to be expected of. It's funny, Dan, I looked at the – like, I was trying to say, like, how different is it? Their yards per play is higher this year than it was last year, but it's different. Their total points is very similar through 13 games. You know, it's like – then they scored about 30 a game the rest of the way. But this team still scores 30 when the offense isn't playing well. Like, that's just who they are. But I think there's where your difference is. He's another guy they can trust. It can shift what they do on the field. Khalil Shakir's not getting a bunch of snaps. If Crowder were to come back, not getting a bunch of snaps. It's the idea of what OBJ would have brought, which is that other guy who can play 30% of the snaps or whatever it is. And I think he's going to be um, rather somewhat limited but impactful to what they try to do.
2: Dan?
0: I think we need to understand – all of the things that had to go wrong for the Bills to sign Beasley back, Mike. You and I talked about it. It's a desperate move. This well, is a it, desperate but all teams move. are desperate at this time of year. Yeah, all teams are looking for somebody. That, I I would say but the, the Bills John Brown move last year, like this, they weren't, and that's what you're talking about. It feels different. They weren't desperate like this. Well, they st- everybody was healthy. Too, but but, that's but Beasley was banged up and his snap counts. Like I, I keep going back to that. Beasley in the playoff games only played like thirty three percent of the snaps. I know he was banged up. I know that that's part of this, and, and I think it is. You're you're signing him for six games and not nineteen. I I, I think that that is part of it. But they signed Jameson Crowder who got injured. Isaiah McKenzie hasn't progressed like they thought he would. When do we get to say Dan was right about Gabe? We get to Well, what do you what do you, what, what, what do you, what, you write about? What do you mean? What, do you, what, what 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 what
2: what like what do you mean? <laughs> like Dan, I here's the thing. Here's internally my struggle right now is I'm like, you know what? Looking at the data, Gabe has not had the consistency that we wanted, the number of catches, but your face makes me want to say we give it more time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> your face. And what did I say last year? What did I say this offseason? The consistency. I'm concerned about consistency um, about a guy who hasn't done it. And he That's has been inconsistent. So uh, yeah. Don't it's... don't tell me more time. Don't tell me more time.
2: No, I. I... You're making me not want <laughs> to be reasonable right now. It but is I also say...
1: interesting because last year. They had the other guys. I did look at Beasley. You're right. He, well, limited against the Patriots because they yep. were cruising in that game. Yep. But he was only like 47% against Kansas City, and he still caught six balls there. Yep. And yep. they were important. He had three games last year. Like, his numbers would go up and down depending on the opponent. But they had – sorry about that. But they there was three games last year, the Steelers early, the Titans, and Tampa, where he was over 80% of the snaps. And I think some of that is based on what the defense does and how it yep. dictates things. But – um I think, again, I'm not looking for a huge percentage of snaps. I'm looking for another guy that Josh trusts. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and that's where I think he's going to be. Jenna, I was saying is in the game against Kansas City, you know, he'd catch a ball on a third and seven for four yards. And then they went for it on fourth down and Josh ran for it and got the first. Like yeah. he, his plays where Alan right. said it yesterday and Dan loves this. He's an extension of the running game. Because yeah. it's still yeah. Josh throwing the ball.
0: Yeah. But yeah.
1: he's got him there. So I'm going to be fascinated to see it because he's the kind of guy they need and I was I was saying all this time they missed the ghost of Cole Beasley. Yeah. So and that and that, that's not disrespectful to him like oh, yeah. it sounds a little disrespectful but it's the idea of what he has been. But he, he hasn't played this year, and that can be a plus for a guy his age who's taken yeah. all those hits, um, that you're getting him for this short stint, and he's healthy, yeah. go out there and play. And I'm looking forward to seeing it.
2: He's actually healthy, actually recovered. Yep. And I do think you're right. Like Him going back to where he was kind of shifts everyone else to their spots that they were and more productive in. That's the hope, at least, right? Something to look forward
1: to. He's shaking his head.
2: No, okay. L- last thing with the Dan on Gabe Davis. You're, Dan, I think you're right. I think we wanted to see more out of Gabe Davis. They, you're, I question, you're right, that, I, Jenna. I yeah. question. I yeah, I know. I uh, I question how healthy he is. Um, but that Fair? being said, I think that we wanted to see more catches out of him. Maybe his strong suit is having four to five big catches a game. Oh yeah. Maybe that's more him.
0: Yep. I will also – here's another – I that's a great point about the ankle because Bean even addressed that yep. um, at his press conference on Wednesday. Um, I'll also put some of – I don't think Gabe Davis just suddenly got worse. I also don't think talent-wise Isaiah McKenzie got worse. I put a lot of that on the coaching. Yeah. And And, and putting your players in the best positions to succeed – and I think we all thought that the offense would just, you, hey, Ken, you were around Dabes enough that you know his playbook and you just run the same things. It hasn't been the case. And I, I think that is part of why we haven't seen the progression as we have for other players in the past under this offense.
2: Yeah, I think that's fair. Look at us. Look I was at ra- us. I was,
0: I, was, I was right. I was right. You
2: were right on this. You are wrong
0: on other things. Fact. Just- just like we will Hey, I take the L's as well as anybody. I can mm. take the L. Ah, I, don't <laughs> I don't know about that, Jim. Ah, yeah. yeah. That's okay. All right. Let's do, talk about my guide, do, I do worse, take the L's or the wins. Probably the wins. I'm probably more annoying with the wins. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Yeah. For sure.
2: Like, can confirm. All right. Let's talk about my guide. Um, we've seen him at practices kind of working off to the side. Bean said he yeah, had obviously earlier on the season uh, what we thought would be season ending neck injury, but he seems to be working himself back. And, um, Mike, I mean, where do you think the team is at with Hyde and his injury and the possibility of him coming back? Because we know Brandon Bean talked
1: about that. Well, let's start with this. It's a neck injury. So and the player decided to have surgery. It's a major thing for anybody to do that. He's full in on saying I'm coming back. Like, I've heard him in other interviews where he's like, oh, no, I'm back. You know, like he wants he's ready to play when he's healthy. Yeah. The question is, when would he be cleared and ready to play and would he do it? And we are also talking about a team that could be playing for the Super Bowl. So I believe out of respect to the player and the injury, if he had no shot and they were like, We're not letting this guy come back. That would be more about, like, could he come back from this injury? And I haven't heard anything like that. Like, the plan is he'll be ready in the offseason, ready to go. But it could be a really long season for them, right? There's a chance that they're playing into February. And it's Micah Hyde. And, like, when you look at that defense as good as they are, and I think Tamar Hamlin stepping in has done a nice job for them. Yeah. Well, they can get Micah Hyde back on the field. He's playing because he is vital to what they like to do and you know they don't give up very many big plays and when he's on the field it rarely happened and he just makes plays so the fact that they haven't shut it down and he hasn't shut it down tells me it's out there it's not like it's not like they're doing this for the, some other strategic reason or you know you wouldn't know who you're playing or when or whatever but i think the fact that we've seen him around and that it's even a topic, and it hasn't gotten kiboshed right away. People still use that phrase. Kiboshed. Yeah. I think so, yeah. It hasn't gotten that. I Old will not people. be stunned to see it.
2: Dan, where do you... So, would you be... What level? Shocked? Surprised? <laughs> oh.
0: Um, surprised. I think I'd be surprised. I think he would really have to... Again, like... If Hyde is back... It's not he's not getting in the first playoff game fourteen snaps like he'd be the starting safety and playing the game like th- that would be it. Um, so I I think that's a little bit of concern about football shape. I think that's also where we are with Cole Beasley. He even said it like I've been playing basketball like I like that. That's how I stay in shape. That's my conditioning. But football shape is is different. Um, so but I think what Hyde brings is. The security, and I have said it, you know, we've we've said it. This defense is built, designed back to front. It is built on Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde. Not only, it's not even about making the tackles, it's about making the calls. And Jordan Poyer talked about it on Wednesday that we all think, you know, all pro po knows, you know, everything. And they said, he's going over to the sidelines during TV timeouts, asking Hyde what the call should have been, what the check should have been, what should I have been doing? that tells me a ton for a guy to say who's played next to him to be like yeah he's he's really smart and I lean on him so again even if he's not f- flying around trying to even make tackles it's the fact of he's there as a coach on the field yeah I, it's also about
1: making tackles it's also about taking the right angles and not letting a guy take 40 and go to 90. angles or is 80. Better. yeah yeah and yeah. it's it's also, I'm not saying that he'd walk out there, playoff game, say they get the bye and it's the first, that he's out there playing 70 snaps because that's too much to ask of anybody, and then you put yourself at risk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But he's definitely in the rotation, and he's definitely out there to begin. If he's ready, he's playing. And there's not really ramp-up time here. The, but, But, in fairness, you can play all the basketball you want. You can do all the stuff you want, going out there in an NFL game and just – jumping out there and playing set. But I tell you what, Jenna, they'd take him for 35 snaps in a playoff game. There's yeah. no doubt about it. He would play and maybe he's just, yeah. you know, not playing as much.
0: I don't know if they you rotate I don't know if you rotate safeties. Why? Because I think you want to know who's behind you. Like I like and again I've never played but like corners is one thing that you can sub in and out. Defensive lines another thing you sub in and out. Like safeties are on the field. Yeah. If you can
1: get Micah Hyde on the field if right now you're saying it's Demar Hamlin and he's playing well and they they like what he does and you could get Micah Hyde in there for half those snaps maybe he plays in more obvious passing situations I mean oh he absolutely would play you would sub out and put Micah Hyde on the field it's it's for a guy like that there's just just no yeah. doubt that he would but what I'm saying is to put him out there and put him where you know fatigue and everything else and he's been out there for 65 plays and you got him out there trying to protect the lead against the Chiefs that's not smart but but if he's played 31 plays the Chiefs have the ball late in Orchard Park
0: you're going to want Micah Hyde out there if Hyde is able to get on the field I believe this is just an opinion it's going to be really hard to get him off it that's that's just my point yeah Yeah, I mean yes but but again it Sometimes it's
1: dictated how the game goes. That's yeah, right.
2: Yeah, and also sometimes you have to be as like a coach. You have to be like, no, we like we need you to do this. Like, yeah. of course, he's going to be want to want to be out there. Yeah. But at the same point, it could be, you know, not advantageous to have him when you know he's going to be. He could be tired. Like, let's be real. Like these guys yeah. would all be tired. But when you're not in football shape, especially at that position, you can get gashed
1: and fast. No doubt. No yeah. doubt, but they would, they would, that would be, that would have to be a plan going in.
2: All right. Yeah. So one, to, one to 10, what are we thinking? Cause I want fans, like I'm kind of, I don't, I don't want to say I'm shocked that they're letting this narrative out there just because obviously they know what they're doing, all these things. But at the same point, I think hope is much like confidence, a hell of a drug. <laughs> um, And so it's like, what do you think? One to 10, a two. The chances that, he's that he's he plays. Yeah.
1: I would say it's I mean, a... This is
2: all dependent also on how long the Bills' season goes right, on. Right. Well, I'll
1: but. factor that in because that has to be the idea behind it. I would yeah. say it's a four. Wow. That oh, he's four back. because it's... That he plays. That he plays. Yeah. And, and that's factoring in. They got to win. They got to be in the playoffs because yeah. I think it has to go farther. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, again, I... I just firmly believe that if there was no shot they would have already said we love Micah. We're, he's not ready to play beyond the field and he and he might not be but
0: yeah. they're going to keep it out there. So is one not playing 10 is playing? Yeah. Yeah. 6. Oh. Wow. I'm, go I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you Jenna. If if they thought it was a 25% chance, I still think they're telling the media no. No, he's not coming back. And then if it's a shock, then he does. But because they've let it go this far, the fact that we've been talking about this, Mike, like you've said for a few weeks now, lends me to believe that at least Micah thinks he's going to be back. Oh so yeah. I'll say, so I'll say six because, like you said, you'd protect him if he was if you with Micah and a neck injury, you one thousand percent err on the side of caution. It's yeah. like you you protect Micah from himself.
1: And yeah. No, I was going to say, and the fact that what you're saying about what you say about him, it's why it always bothers me with Jerry Jones when he talks about players' injuries and them, you know, Dak, oh, he could be back in three weeks. It's stupid to do stuff like that, to put that on the guy and to say, you know, so in this case, they're not saying he's, hey, there's a chance he could be back. They're just saying is we're not ruling it out, and let's see what happens. So they're not... They're not doing that where it's on him. But at the same time, they're not shutting it down. Could they do that, Dan? Could they say, no, I'm no, sure. no, we're not looking at that at all? Yeah, maybe. but I think they would.
2: Because the expectation what I'm is, is this. that he's not yeah. coming back. So the fact that you've yeah. even kind of green-lighted that there's the possibility. That's what I'm and
0: yeah, let what it wouldn't linger. Yeah. Like, like I, I would almost imagine if... If they said like, yeah, we'll see. And then they come out the next day being like, hey, I think this is getting taken out of context. Like he's not coming back this, you know, we really don't see him coming back this year. That's not what they've said. They have let this smoke into a little bit of a, of a tinder fire.
1: Yeah, but it's not like they're putting it out there. Like, hey, okay, keep in mind, maybe he's going to, yeah, but, no, they were know, about but it.
0: they're not, they're not squashing it. They're not, they're not squashing it, but it.
1: It. they're not pushing the narrative. They're just giving an adult answer, which is, hey, we're not ruling it out. I mean, again, I I don't see any advantage to them to keep it out there unless there's an actual chance. Like, it's not changing what any other team does.
2: No, I, I agree. But the fact that they said it's – like, Brandon Bean knows how to use the media as a tool. And he knows what happens when you say that Micah Hyde could be back for the rest – could be back at some point later on in the season. So that's why the fact that he even said that, I'm like, hmm. yeah. I'm, I'm
1: saying is I don't, I don't really see what it, what they gain. What are you pointing at me?
0: I was trying to, I was pointing that Jenna's right in yeah. this corner. Also wait, real quick. So I know somebody said they don't like the guy in the bottom square. I have a name. <laughs> that was a comment that we got. Also it's written here, but I thought that was funny. It was like, somebody turned the guy's mic off in the bottom square. It's like, I have a name. Please I'll take
1: Dan Fates to block, please.
2: <laughs> Seriously.
1: Yeah.
2: X's right. and those. What were you saying? You were saying something, Mike. Weren't you saying something?
1: Well, just saying is I don't see any... You're right. You can use the media, but I don't I don't see what it gets them to say he could...
2: I know, could, but I don't see what it gets them to say if he's not able to just say, no, he's not going to be ready.
1: Right. So I, I think it's just actually the truth. I think they're waiting to see, see where he is, see where they are, and then...
0: And it could happen. Right, so, but, it, but it's more... They... <laughs> There could be truth that they're thinking that, but they wouldn't say it because they wouldn't want to put that expectation
1: right. oh, yeah. on he high. He thinks he can play. He thinks there's a chance he could get cleared and play. I don't think there's any doubt that he believes that that could happen. We're getting, yeah, yeah. because otherwise, that's my We're point about Jerry running. Jones. Otherwise, you're putting a player in this weird spot. I'm and glad he's like Mike got to dunk on Jerry Jones in yeah, this spot. Yeah. I mean, you make me feel badly for a Cowboys player. And I felt badly for Dak during that. And all the medical people were like, he's not back for five weeks, six weeks. Stop with this nonsense. And then it looks like Dak is coming back late. Late. You don't do that to a player. That's stupid, Jerry. Jera. That's obnoxious. Yeah.
2: Okay. All right. This was fun. I'm going to go with a a level five in terms of where I think. You would. You were going to go right down the middle. Yeah. You know me. Hey. You got your one way. Mike's another way. I'm just right in the middle. That's why I'm the host.
1: (laughs) (laughs) She is the host.
2: All right. Well, thank you all for joining us. Please be sure to like. Why don't you comment your level of expectation one to ten of what Micah Hyde, uh, the expectations you have of
1: him playing at some point. Ten is
0: absolutely one is not.
1: Yeah. And not not hope. I mean we all hope to see Micah on the field. It yeah, what your 10, level of hope.
2: actually seeing. Do you believe Micah yeah. Hyde? Your level of confidence in Micah but,
1: Hyde playing, one yep. being he's
2: not, ten being he's out there. Yep. Great. Okay. Thanks for joining us. Uh forgot to say subscribe. Yes. So subscribe, do that for us. Over twenty. Twenty point three
0: subscribe. Subscribe, yeah. please. please. We've subscribe. had fun. So thank
2: you. Mike, is there anything else you want to say? I feel like you're like...
1: No, I I just let you talk, so you go ahead. All right, we're going to wrap up
2: here before I fight someone. So Mike and Dan, I'm Jenna. Thanks for joining us here on Buffalo Plus. We will catch you next time here on the channel.